I think most writers have something to say. The question is how to say it without thunking people over the head with a hammer so much that it becomes not only obvious, but rather irritating. There are opportunities for our work and careers everywhere, if you know where to look. That's easier said than done, especially in our fast-paced and constantly changing world. Marianne Fairmouth is talking to experts, employers, and job seekers to bring you insight and understanding about what's possible. This is Career Can Do, where we're navigating the new work world. Welcome to the Career Can Do podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate the new work world. My name is Marianne Fairmouth. I'm a multi-genre author career coach, corporate trainer, and speaker. And today, I am just delighted to have on my show what I consider the epitome of a Renaissance man. William Bart Bernhardt, in addition to penning novels, he can write a sonnet, play a sonata, plant a garden, try a lawsuit, teach a class, cook a gourmet meal, beat you at Scrabble, and work the New York Times crossword in under five minutes. As a recruiter for over 38 years, it's always delightful for me to have a person with a varied skill set because they seem to bring to the workplace a real combination of assets to benefit everyone in the workplace. And I think that we're going to hear a, an author talk to us today about what he's done, but more importantly, about how he's used all of his good experiences to help others. So after that incredibly long introduction, without further ado... Help me welcome William Barnhart. William, say hello to everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me on your show, Marianne. Appreciate oh, it. My pleasure. You do so many things and everybody wonders, you know, or I do anyway, how did you get into all this? What happened in your life to, mm-hmm. to make you start doing what you're doing? Well, I was one of the lucky ones in that I knew what I wanted to do very early on. I mean, my mother tells about me being seven and informing people that I was going to be a writer when I grew up. I don't know if that's true, but it's my mom. So we got to go with it, right? <laughs> right <laughs> anyway. oh, for sure. Mom was always right. I tell my kids that all the time. <laughs> so I knew what I wanted and that didn't make it a straight line. It didn't make it easier to figure out in the small town in Oklahoma where I grew up. There weren't a whole lot of publishing writers, as you might imagine, but I did stuck with it, persevered through stuff out there. This is the day, of course, of snail mail and submissions over the transom. And I went to law school, as you probably know, because I had to have some way of paying the bills. But eventually, I kept writing and sending things out, and eventually something clicked. That is wonderful. So you went to law school, and did going to law school kind of give you a platform about writing legal thrillers? What did that do for you? Absolutely. That wasn't what I planned. You know, the term legal thrillers didn't even arise until the 1990s. My first book was published in 91, but law school turned out to be a great and practicing laws I did with a big Tulsa firm for many years turned out to be a great educational basis for many, many future novels. I just needed a way to pay the bills, but (laughs) it turned out to have many benefits. Well, that's wonderful. Well, in this new work world, William, what I'm seeing that my clients are really responding to are are people that have more of the we mentality as opposed to the Mm -hmm. me mentality. By that, I mean people that are going to come to the company and make a contribution and try to bring something to the company that's going to make it better, going to make affect the bottom line. 
and also when I see candidates that are doing things to help others, that makes me real excited to place them because I know they're going to bring that into the workplace. The one really you do so many, so many neat, interesting things, but the one thing that I think is so wonderful is you developed this Red Sneakers Writers Center and you have a huge conference, an annual conference yes. which really helps writers. The craft of writing is an interesting one. So talk to us about how all that got started and how you took what you know and what you've done, turned mm-hmm. it around to helping others. Well, at some point in the journey after 20 or 30 books, I'm up to 58 now with my wow. most recent Shameless. And I thought I'd enjoy teaching. And I first went to conferences and held small group retreats, which I still do. But at some point I thought maybe I could make this journey a little easier for the next generation of people who want to write, but don't really know exactly how to make it happen, which is one of the hardest parts of it. And so I started teaching and that led to me writing the books. I've now done 10 books in this Red Sneaker Writer series on writing. They're short. They're designed to be, here's what you need to do. Now go do it. Don't waste a lot of time reading when you should be writing. Then I did the retreats and eventually that loomed into WriterCon, which is our annual writers conference in Oklahoma City every Labor Day weekend. Although you can attend virtually if you don't want, although you should come in person. If you can, because you get to meet people and network and realize that you're not alone in this journey. You're not the only person who wants to write or thinks that words and books and stories have value. Anyway, so WriterCon has become a big success, I think, not only because we have top-notch speakers, writers, authors, agents, editors, publishers, author assistant kind of people. But also because I think there's a real sense of family, a sense that we are all in this together. I've always found writers to be the most generous people on earth. Probably all artists are. And so what could be better than spending a weekend with people who feel the same way about things that you do? I agree. I just came back from the Tucson Writers Festival and I was there for five days and was an amazing experience. Yeah. I'm sure that, you know, the writer com is, is one like that. So the types of people to come, I mean, you have the, the big agents, the big houses from New York come, the Random House, McGraw-Hill, those kind of people come. And, or do you have people that are specialists in a particular genre speaker? What is the kinds of experience somebody would have if they came? We cater to anybody, whether you're just thinking about it or you publish several books. I guarantee there will be something for you at WriterCon. We do have what we call the newbie track for people who are just starting out, but a lot of more advanced programs as well. This sounds self-serving, but one of the benefits of me being involved is that I go to conferences and have, I know who the good speakers and the credible people are. And so I can bring them back home and have something for everyone. I've had all kinds of publishers there, including not too long ago, a representative from Random House. But here's the flaw with the so-called Big Five New York publishers. They're not going to take unagented submissions. You're going to have to have an agent first. So to some extent, what's the point of having them there? So instead, I focus on helping people get the agents, and then the agents will help them find the publisher if they want to go that traditional publishing route which, as you know, is not the only way to go these days. We have a very different publishing environment today than what we had back in the 1980s when I was first trying to get published. 
I agree. And the whole publishing platform has changed. You know, as a recruiter for many, many years, William, what I'm seeing is that writing is really a critical skill and now more than ever, because if you send a resume in and there's typos in it or it's not formatted correctly, or you do a cover letter, I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I've had a client call me and say, you know, Marianne, the resume looks great, but they sent me this cover letter and sentence structure is not good. There's errors in it. So do you have courses too, William, that might be for people that are maybe not necessarily wanting to be authors, but Mm -hmm. want to learn how to write better? Yes, I have done that in the past because you're exactly right. Professional skills, just the ability to communicate in words is so important, probably more important than ever before. And what firms have found is that they've got the money, they hire the best and brightest college graduates, and then two weeks later find out they can't write their way out of a paper bag because that's something they weren't really required to do in college. It started for me when a friend of mine at the Bar Association asked if I'd teach a seminar on legal writing, and I did. And somebody there watching was an accountant with, and then they asked me to come speak to this accounting group. And since then I've spoken to oil companies and banks and you name it, everybody needs good writers, whether you're hoping to be the next novelist or you just want to be successful in whatever your chosen field is. Writing's not only a valuable skill, but it's a pretty hard one to find. It's a rare one. And it's an important one now for sure, because what I'm seeing as a recruiter, is that people are looking at everything under a microscope. We all know the last two years have been very challenging mm-hmm. for industry and for companies. And so they want to make sure if they're going to make a hire, they're going to make a good one that's going to have a, a varied skill set. All right. If you offer courses either online or at this writer conference, it's going to help people that maybe you don't want to be an author. Maybe you just want to learn how to write better. Today, for sure, that's a very important skill. Communication is everything. All right. My dad, God bless him, used to always say, you know, it's not what you say sometimes, but it's how you say it. What I'm seeing right now is that companies are wanting people with, again, with a varied skill set and able to communicate and present themselves in a way that's professional. So that's really something that's really important. Now, you've won so many awards. I would take so long to say all of them. It said here you received the Southern Writers Guild Gold Medal Award. The Wyden Davis Distinguished Author Award. That I mean, was cool. And, and the, the one thing that is so, in Oklahoma State here, the Louise Cobb Distinguished Author Award, because your work has profoundly influenced the way in which we understand ourselves in American society at large. What a huge honor. And what, that was. You know, especially right now, with everything we have going on globally, I think we're all kind of saying, you know, who are we? What are we mm-hmm. about? What do we do? What did it take to get that huge award? Who knows? I wasn't on the selection committee, but (laughs) I think most writers have something to say. The question is how to say it without thunking people over the head with a hammer so much that it becomes not only obvious, but rather irritating. Instead, coat it with peanut butter and (laughs) integrate it into an interesting story. That's a more subtle approach. I love that Cobb Award that you just mentioned, though, in part because It came from an Oklahoma university, though not the one I attended. But you may think, oh, well, he's the local guy. That makes him more likely to be picked. I think it's just the opposite. (laughs) I think you're always, that's in one of the gospels, you know, you're not a hero in your own hometown. And all those other awards you mentioned came from someplace else. But that one came closer to home. So that made it a really happy experience for me. Well, that is wonderful. 
I applaud you for all those awards. It says a lot about who you are and about your expertise and about how good you are at what you do. I'm in awe. I and mean, it says you won the award 19 times in three different categories. I mean, what is that? Nominated. You're talking about the book award from the Center for the Book. And nominated actually now 20 times because I'm nominated again this year. <laughs> but, oh. <laughs> but I only have three of those medals in my house. So that's really not even a very good batting average. But <laughs> I don't know. Compared with all the other awards, I think it's pretty darn good. But well, tell us about this. What you like to do in your spare time. I mean, I think that says a lot about who somebody is. And I mm-hmm. says you like to trek through the Himalayas, scuba diving, caving, and you jumped out of an airplane at 10,000 feet. Wow. <laughs> that was on my 40th birthday, actually. I had read that Rod Serling did that on his 40th birthday. Of course, he'd been a paratrooper in the war. I had not, but still, <laughs> it seemed like a good way to celebrate a round number's birthday. And so, yeah, I went skydiving. That was different. I like to get out and and do a little adventure every now and again. And my kids and I now, of course, kids are grown and we like to hike. And we just got back from a skiing trip. That's not exactly an adventure, but it's at least getting out and doing something together, which is always fun. Well, I think you bring up another good point, and that is the work-life balance. Right now, I mean, I think Harvard just did a study. I wrote an article about it, a happiness study. And they're really bringing to form or bringing to the reader's out there to the students, to the MBA students about how important that work-life balance is. Because if we have that, we're even more productive. Wouldn't you agree? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. You know, a lot of us have tried to, uh, the last two years, reevaluate, you know, where am I? Who am I? Where do I want to go? And if the pandemic's done anything, it's done a lot of things in good ways too. It's made us evaluate our lives and what's important. The fact that you have all these things and the fact that you just mentioned that you do things with your children, you take them on trips. That says a lot about who you are, but I think that also gives our listeners an understanding of what's really important to be balanced. Would you agree Mm -hmm. with that? I do. But first and foremost, I think the most important thing is to figure out what you want to do, not to just end up doing something. Because I know you've heard this from other people, but it's really true. When you love what you're doing, it doesn't seem like work. I write every day. I don't care where I am or what vacation I write every day, maybe some days longer than others, but it doesn't seem like a burden to me because it's what I do. It's what I always wanted to do. How lucky am I to get to do what I always wanted to do? And that's why when I'm talking particularly to young persons, I always emphasize, figure out what you want to do? What would make you happy? What would make your heart joyous when you wake up in the morning? You know, I'm sure being a writer sounds really boring to some people, but to me, it was the top of the pyramid. And so that's what I went after. And everybody needs to not sell themselves short, not let anybody tell them you can't do that. You're being unrealistic and just take some job because it's available, but figure out what you want and then figure out how to get it and be patient. And to me, that's the whole secret of life. And then what you said about balance is so much easier because it's not like, okay, now I'm going to do something fun because the rest of the day was miserable (laughs) because the day wasn't miserable. It was work, but it wasn't horrible. Zig Ziglar, I've always liked him and I've been to many of his years ago, his sales training classes, and he said something really profound. And he said, when somebody tells you no, N-O, what you need to say is you don't know, K-N-O-W, 
what I can accomplish if I put my mind to it. So the other aspect of what we're talking about here is that if we've been told, no, you can't do this, you can't do that, but you have this burning desire to do it, know what it's going to take to do it and then go after it. Wouldn't you agree Mm -hmm. with that, Bill? Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely right. Well, we're thrilled to have you on Career Can Do. I think you've offered our listeners so much good information. But in closing, if our listeners are out there, if you're a candidate or you're a wannabe writer or you just really want to improve your writing skills, how can they get a hold of you to maybe check into some of these really cool classes or conferences or things that you do? Oh, I'm easy. You can go to my website, which predictably is williambernhardt.com, and you can send me a message there. You can read about things like the small group retreat for people who have a work in progress. I'm doing one of those in June. And of course, WriterCon. WriterCon has its own website. That's writercon.com. Is that confusing? W-R-I-T-E-R-C-O-N dot C-O-M. And then they can find out all about the conference and get registered now while the early bird price is still in effect, because that won't be true for much longer. But I really think that whether you're starting out, whether you've published five books, WriterCon is the place to be. I'm prejudiced because I host the thing and yet there's never a year goes by. I don't learn something new and here's something that I can apply to my work. So come join us. This conference sounds amazing. And I think that anyone, whatever your quest is, whatever you're thinking about at this point that you want to accomplish to become your best self, there's going to be something for you at Writer Club. I will be there. hope to be able to be a speaker there and, you know, meeting the people, doing the networking. And you never know, a lot of these people that are very accomplished as writers are also in the corporate world. And so the other thing I tell people to do, William, and I think you'll agree with this, is the more you can network right now, the more you can meet people, the better your chances are to make those connections. Because oftentimes, if we send a resume in to a website, it goes into a black hole. So do the work, go to the conferences, meet the people, and become your best self. And again, we're thrilled to have William Burkhart on our show today. This is Career Can Do. If you're driving and you don't hear the how you can get a hold of them, you can certainly go to my website, fairmouth.com, and I'll have all of William's contact information on my website. So again, thank you, William. If you want to give one last thought to people out there, if they're on the fence about writing or mm-hmm. going forward or changing careers, is you're so accomplished. You're such an award winner. What would you say to them to help them through the process? I'd say start today, write every day. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. That's basically three things, but they all kind of go together, right? (laughs) Well, I'm a big fan of yours. I'm thrilled to know you. I will see you in Oklahoma City on Labor Day weekend. And again, this is Career Can Do. I'm Marianne Fairmouth. We'll see you next time. Thank you. We thank you for tuning in to our Career Can Do podcast. We make no guarantees on results for your particular quest, but we hope you enjoy the information presented. Thank you.